Well guys, welcome to another episode of 20 Schemes on Cut. This is a kind of follow-up episode. We recorded one with my friend Stephen Castles, who we spoke a little bit about preaching the gospel to Protestants. Today I've got one of our mates, Paul McLaughlin, member of our church here, and we're going to speak a little bit about preaching the gospel to Catholics. Again, because Scotland as a whole, but particularly the west of Scotland, is still very much split down in, in the two camps. People who identify as Protestant, people who identify as Catholic, but both who in many ways need to hear the same good news of Jesus. Um, so, Paul's here. It's good to have you, mate. Good to see you, Peter. Uh, a lot of folk, Peter. Look at you, man. Well, polite, eh? <laughs> um, a lot of people will have known of you, will know some of what's been going on. You want to give us a quick update? I'm sure folk are encouraged to see you back here. So, how yep. are you getting on, mate? I'm um, doing well. We're settled in Glasgow. Uh, we are doing well, the kids are doing well, we're just cracking on. Uh, like my time's took up with my kids, so we just, they manage my time for me. So. <laughs> so and are they taller than you yet? Uh, my oldest is, but my youngest is about an inch shorter. Yeah, <laughs> and you like know firsthand then just how much better it is to be in the west of Scotland than Edinburgh, is that right? Absolutely, absolutely, 100% I agree with that. Exactly, it's true. Right, Paul, so, Stephen, you know Stephen, you've met yeah. Stephen, very different background from yourself, yeah. um, Stephen grew up kind of convicted Protestant, not convicted, he wasn't in the geo, I don't think, uh, but convinced Protestant, yeah. um, and yet was talking a little bit about how a lot of that is cultural and not truly at the heart of the gospel. You and Stephen would have been, well, in completely different camps back in the day, and yeah. yet today we can sit as brothers in Christ. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background then? So, grew up Catholic family west of Scotland, what was that like? Yeah, I grew up in uh, a town called Coat Bridge, and when I was growing up, Coat Bridge was predominantly Catholic, Irish Catholic. Uh, so, all my pals were Catholics, all my, uh, everybody at my school was Catholic, everybody in my street was Catholic, I was surrounded by this. And I grew up in quite a uh, devout Roman Catholic home. So we're in, started Lent now, and when I was growing up, we would be at Mass every single morning for the six weeks wow. leading up to Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, and it was, I was steeped in it fr from when I was born. Uh, and we were devout, we were there every Sunday, we were fully committed and we had a right healthy, healthy fear of God. Mm -hmm. And in my home, we, it was never bigoted my home, it was a God-fearing home, and we, uh, we were always taught to love people mm -hmm. from... Catholic and Protestant love everybody, serve everybody, help everybody you can. But outside my home, so that's your primary socialisation, outside my home, my secondary socialisation, like my street, my school, eh, my peers, eh, there was a lot of bigotry all round about me in society. Eh, and I grew up in that. And eh, believe it or not, when I was at primary school, I was an altar boy <laughs> for four or five years. So what's an altar boy then? I don't really know. So I would go to, uh, to chapel and help help the priest out. So I used to go out to primary school every week at different points to go and do funerals, mm. to go and do uh, weddings. <laughs> and on a Sunday, I would be helping out. So I was really immersed in this. Mm. <clears throat> and I worked my way up the altar boys. I worked my way up to the vice captain of the whole altar boys. So I was totally... That was my whole life and that was my norm and that mm. was the way I was like... Uh, socialised like mm. re religiously and so like to you and your family there was definitely a fear of God it wasn't just a culture there was so what, what did that look like what was your understanding of who God was like and all that kind of stuff well, we had a healthy fear of God we were taught that if we lived we believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus 
<clears throat> but there was an add-on to that. Mm-hmm. So it didn't stop there. You had to live a good life after that. Mm-hmm. So you were constantly trying to build up merit. And because we were uh, faithful churchgoers, we were immersed in the chapel, we were always there, we were known Catholic family immersed in that chapel, we were seen as a family who were earning good merit, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, we, we love Jesus. Uh, so from my... The way I was like trained and taught, we were doing all the right things from that religious perspective. And then what about so those outside of your house, so mm-hmm. mates at school and all that, who would still identify as Catholic? Yeah. Was there a would most of them have the same kind of fear of God, or would it be more cultural stuff alongside that? Or not all Catholic families would have been immersed as what my family was. So mm-hmm. some of them it would just be like a title. Mm-hmm. It would be more like uh, tribalism. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know what the West is like, you're either one or the other. So it would be like, we're claiming this name Catholic because we go to a Catholic school, I come from a Catholic family, and we support Celtic. Mm -hmm. So that was their mindset, but not everybody had the church going and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely, because I I think a lot of people I've met, both Catholic Protestant and Catholic, would have a belief in God, for sure. So it's not purely cultural in the sense of like, atheists who have just, you know, taken this Catholic or Protestant culture, but it's not necessarily an in-depth relationship with the God of the Bible. Yeah. It's kind of, you, you do a couple of these things, you believe in God, and it's like a segment of your life, maybe, yeah. you think that's yeah, fair? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, compared to that. Yeah. What was your uh, opinion, or like, how did you view Protestants then at that time? So again, your your family were said to love them. Did you think we're all part of the same Christian family? No, was there... no, I... Because we were Roman Catholics and because of the way we were taught, uh, I grew up thinking it was only Catholics who were going to be saved. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I thought it was just us Catholics. I'm saying us, but I'm not in that tradition now. I thought it was just Catholics who would be saved because we were God-fearing and because... Uh, so Protestants, Protestants to me... The word Protestant, I didn't fully understand what the word Protestant meant until I became a Christian, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So for me, growing up, the word Protestant meant people who went to a different school for me, people who supported Rangers, and people who were not in my sphere of uh, peers. Mm-hmm. So that's all Protestant meant to me. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because, again, talking with Stephen, like, Protestants also grew up often believing that Catholics don't go to heaven. Catholics grew up believing Protestants to go to heaven. Um, the gospel would say something different. It doesn't matter what your background, it's about um, Christ alone, right? But, again, when I was talking to Stephen, we would say, as people who grew up Protestant, that the teaching of the Catholic Church would be not biblical in the sense that it would teach, kind of what you're describing, a kind of faith plus works view of the gospel. That you need, Yeah, you need to believe in Jesus, but you need to then get baptised, take communion, do all these things. And if you don't do these things, you'd lose the kind of grace that you've earned. Yeah. Now, is that a true position? Did you get taught that explicitly? Would every Catholic understand it that way, do you think? Or is that kind of Protestant reading into what's going on? I've done all these things. Uh, christening, communion, confession. I've done all of them. And I can't remember that far back about the mm-hmm. teaching surrounding it, but I can remember doing all these things. And again, that errand merit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you go to get married... In a Catholic church, they will ask you these things. Have you mm-hmm. done this? Have you done that? Mm-hmm. I think they're called ordinances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think you, you have to uh, tick most of the boxes 
Uh, so again, that earnings merit for you. Uh, Which is why going to mass, going to confession, these are all things yeah. that can kind of earn kind of religious yes. points, or whatever, absolutely. and God looks favourably on you to do. Yeah, absolutely. So then let's fast forward. You said that you wouldn't identify as a Catholic now. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about what you might identify as, but how did you truly come to know the Lord? How did you get saved? When I was about 15, 14, 15, I started to go off the rails. And I was off the rails for about 14, 15 years. So when I was 29, uh, my whole, t- for 20 to 30, I was like, I was off the rails. And even in that, when I was off the rails and I was drugging just, I used to think to myself, I am never going to be able to redeem all this back. Mm-hmm. I've done too much wrong in this period of my life to redeem it back. And I used to sit and think to myself, even in that state, I'm going to perish. But I went to this recovery centre in Edinburgh and they taught me the gospel. And uh, I thought I know this stuff. But see when I heard about grace, I now know why grace is called irresistible. Mm-hmm. See when I heard about this grace, you didn't have to convince me that I was a sinner. Mm-hmm. I knew that. You had to convince me that there was a saviour who died on a cross for me, he was buried, he rose victorious for, victoriously from the grave to give me eternal life. And it was a done deal mm-hmm. if I bowed the knee and believed it and lived a life for him. So I'm coming for this perspective where it's that plus merit, mm-hmm. where I'm starting to hear this gospel where it's the gospel and when Jesus says, it is finished, it is finished. <laughs> so, and I'm like, that sounds too good to be true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't need to earn this. I can't earn that. I can't buy it. And then... So when I heard about that irresistible grace, it just overwhelmed me. And I can remember, I can remember one night it'd been playing on my mind. I was in this centre for about four or five weeks. So I'm watching these people, they're, they're giving me the gospel every day. They're telling me about grace and then I'm watching how they live. Do you know, I'm living in a, in a world that's dog-eat-dog. You get what you take what you can off people. And that kind of lifestyle and they're loving me, they're encouraging me. They're telling me like, God's got a plan for my life and all that stuff and I'm like, these guys don't just talk to us, they actually live it and they want the best for me. Mm. And one day I just, like, I, was, I can remember it was a Sunday night, I was reading the Bible. And before you're a Christian, the Bible doesn't make much sense to you. And I said to one of the leaders, I says, listen, I need to bow the knee to Jesus. I was starting to get emotional. <clears throat> and then I just, I repented, I bowed the knee and uh, praise God, I've never returned to that lifestyle. Yeah. Praise Jesus. It's awesome to even hear you articulate it. It's the grace of God that melted your heart. It was the, the the difference there between a kind of religion that says do and the gospel that says no, Christ has done this. And, and again, that I think that is the same thing that saves people coming out of Protestantism as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's still very much today in the nominal flavour, do this, do these things. And the gospel's like, you're never going to do enough. Amen. Christ has done it all, which is awesome. At that point then, did you... Like realize that is this a Protestant thing, or am I? Am I? What's going on? Like, was that? Did you even think in those categories, or what were you? What was going on? Uh, I remember these things were coming up, these titles, and I'm like, do you know what? I've been, had this background. I'm now a Christian. And I'm like, am I? Not? I said to one of the staff, am I a Protestant now? <laughs> and they're treading on eggshells around about me, and they're like, technically, yeah, but you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> And uh, and it's took me a long, long time to be able to accept that. And I'll be brutally honest, I still struggle with that title today. Mm-hmm. 
because for the first 30 years of my life, it was known as something who were against me, something who was different for me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I still struggle with the day. And, uh, but I know I fall under that umbrella. I would come under the Protestant umbrella, but I would never ever use that title. Mm -hmm. I would never claim it as my own, even though I am. And I would never talk to people in the west of Scotland mm -hmm. from that perspective. It would always be, I'm a follower of Jesus and, and I love for him. How did your family kind of cope with that then? It sounds like the good upbringing, they were open to that, but I'm sure, again, it's still one thing, saying we should love all Protestants, the next one, your boys come back. And yeah, I think, uh, do you know, coming up, coming up from Coatbridge, you're steeped in Irish Catholic stock, the whole town, mm -hmm. and that's my heritage, mm -hmm. Irish Catholic stock, uh, from generations back. And when that's been passed on for the generations, it's, it's, it's a rich depth to the heritage, and... For me to go and say, I'm a Christian now, you know what I mean? Nothing was said, but it was like, uh, it was just a wee bit, do you know what I mean? Uh, it's hard to explain. I mean, I, I'm sure there was a time when my mum said, are you a Protestant now, son? <laughs> and I was like, uh, mum, I fall under that category, but I, I'm a follower of Jesus. And, uh, so, in some senses, it was. I probably felt like I had... Uh, turn my back on something that was so rich in my family. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't walk away from what I had. It was yeah. so, do you know what I mean? Jesus is so precious to me that I couldn't, uh, I had to do it. And I, I remember, uh, in fact, I'll come on to that one. <laughs> so how then would you, or did you start to describe yourself? Because I guess you also want, I wouldn't, Although I am, would be more happy if I were Protestant, I still wouldn't label myself Protestant just because I know there's a lot of nominalism that comes in with that. So it's fair enough you don't want to be called Protestant for your background. Would you still would you be called Catholic or how would you then talk about it? So how would you try and differentiate yourself from people around about you who had more of the kind of cultural and also workspace religion going on from what you actually then found in Jesus? Well, I would be, uh, I would class myself as a Christian, a follower of Christ, a Bible-believing Christian. Uh, and the people see a difference in that, that they, when they heard you say those words, that they know, well, I'm not that. Well, they would come back and say, but I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then, it all, I mean, we differ on a lot of things, mm -hmm. but it all boils down to uh, the doctrine of justification. Mm -hmm. How is a sinful man made right before a holy God, and how can he have the assurance of eternal life? Mm -hmm. So if a, if a Roman Catholic says to me, but I'm a Christian, well, I would sit down and say, so how are you guaranteed eternal life? How are you made right as a, as a wretched sinner before a holy God? And they would come with their stuff, and I would say, well, look what the Bible says. Look what Ephesians 2 says, it is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Uh, and I would unpack that, that we, we can't bring it into the table. We, we, all we bring is sin, guilt, and shame, but it's all about Jesus. So I would try and go down that road, listen, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about him, it's nothing, we, we can't earn this, do you know what I mean? I can't get through a minute of my Christian life without letting the Lord down mm -hmm. and my sinful nature. It's, it, it can only be from him, do you know what I mean? There's no other option. And that's the way I, I try. And again, that's just one of the last things I wanted to chat about. So what I love again about you and Stephen, completely different backgrounds, one in Jesus and both some of the most evangelistic guys naturally I know just love talking to people about Jesus. 
Um, and so I want to think a little bit, I guess you've just said it, but about how therefore when people in the west of Scotland, people are going to, who want to come and minister as part of the churches we want to see planted here, will encounter people from Catholic backgrounds, which happens all the time, Berlarik happens all the time. Can you help us think through helpful ways that we can then start to actually preach the gospel or share the truth of Jesus with them? Maybe some things that we'll need to know that their thinking or ways they're understanding words that's maybe not the way we're understanding them and then maybe some ways you think about how can I share the gospel here in a way that kind of pierces through the kind of Catholicism background yeah. and gets to the heart of the matter. Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked for experience the hardest ground I've ever tried to plough as Roman Catholic ground. It's so difficult. Uh, but I think... We need to be respectful because certain people have been immersed in this. It's all they know. And for me to go in and say, listen, you've got it all wrong, it's, it's quite offensive <laughs> right away. So you need to go in with a gentle, loving, compassionate approach and say, listen, I'd like to talk to you about how God saved me for hell. And maybe make it personalised. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about my experience and how it ties in with you. Uh, I'd also totally focus on the grace <laughs> because there is a real, like, uh, as I've said, it's like the gospel plus the gospel plus, but there's no plus about it, it's just the gospel, the solid, true, biblical gospel. And another thing is, in the Catholic tradition, people, stuff comes from the Bible and stuff comes from, it's been passed down from man's tradition. Mm -hmm. So like the centuries passed down, passed down, so it's a Bible plus somebody's interpretation. However, again, I would be highlighting like it's just the Bible alone is your source of truth. And even ask them, where is your source of truth? Is it the priest? Is it your parents? Is it your granny? Where is your source of truth? You need to find out the divine source of truth to find out where your truth comes from. Don't just take things from people that you think is true, because we're sinful, fallen human beings. And we as Christians know it's the Bible alone, sola scriptura. Uh, so I'll probably, probably down that road and always have a Bible with you. Don't just like come across as well. This is the way it is. Look, you see, I'll go, always go back to the Bible. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Because even though they might not have read a Bible, when somebody sees a Bible, they know it's like authoritative. Mm -hmm. Authoritative. You know what I mean? And when you keep going back to that, they know it's not your words. It's actually coming for the source of all mm -hmm. truth. And like one of the things we've tried to do as well is kind of distinguish between coming to truly know Christ and believe the gospel and becoming Protestant. Because again, like I, I've known a lot of people that would just automatically get put off, as you're saying, you still do by that yeah. phrase. And, and sometimes it's because um, like their whole family background has been that. And it's almost, it's not just that you're standing your back on a religion. In fact, there's guys that I know who are members of our church that the problem wasn't him saying, I don't personally believe that anymore because he knew he didn't. But the problem was my whole family are there and it's almost like I'm kind of like poo-pooing in the, my whole upbringing and all that kind of stuff. Like, And so I do think we need to get to the heart here because in some ways you're not. Like your family's your family, your history. Like as an Irish Catholic, I'd say you're wrong, mate, but that's your thing, right? <laughs> but, and that in many ways is separate from the, the truth, the heart of the matter, which is, as you say, justified how are we made right with God and it's through Christ alone by grace. Amen. Um, but do you think that is fair? Like, do you think we want to we want to be careful about how we're talking about some of that stuff? Yeah, you need to be careful about the titles. Catholic and Protestant. I mean, it's particularly in the West of Scotland, I wouldn't use them at all. Mm. I would just use the Bible. And 
I mean, I can say this now. I'm probably a more blessing to my family as a Christian (laughs) than what I was as a Roman Catholic because my life was all over the place. (laughs) So somebody might think I'm turning my back on on my heritage and all that stuff. Well, you're not really turning your back on it. You're just like believing solid biblical doctrine and you'll probably be a more valuable member of your family when you're living for Christ. Uh, If that makes sense. And I think it's so hard though because it's not just the religious titles here. There's two football teams in this city, and uh, it runs deep. Yeah. The hatred and the bigotry runs deep, and you're either one or the other. And I think to come from a Catholic background and to support Celtic, for somebody to come and say to you, listen, I think you've got us all wrong. I think you should be a Protestant. It's just like, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just totally against the grain. And I think that's why we constantly need to be going back to what the Bible says. Because you'll never see the word Protestant in the Bible. Just, so just stick to the scriptures. So and if you go back far enough, all of us were Catholic in that sense, right? Yeah, exactly. and the gospel was there. Mm-hmm. And I guess, funny, it's probably worth saying you still support Celtic. Do you? You're still deluded in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Motherwell are the best team in Scotland, <laughs> but no one really knows that. We did draw of Rangers in the weekend, it's been the best result all year. But... I know, that was a long muscle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't think that's helpful. And again, I think just hearing your description of that is really good because people coming in from an outside perspective, particularly we've got Americans that come here and stuff, and there's something about the intensity of the West of Scotland that makes that different, isn't it? I was even talking to my wife this morning. Like, there's the, even the fact that all the schooling's completely different. Like, in the rest of the UK, that's not necessarily the case in the same way it is in the west of Scotland. Yeah. And yet, in our scheme communities, they're, they're often not. So back home in Northern Ireland, they're separate. You've got a Catholic community, Protestant community. Here, you've got actual mixed yeah. in, in both communities. And so, to live as a gospel-believing Christian, it's really important that we have clarity there for isn't it, about what the message of Jesus is yeah. that we're saying. And we come across a Protestant who is working, who's in a religious basis, I'm doing these things, I'm the BB or I'm doing get baptised and married here then that's fine or a Catholic working through the confession and all that yeah. we want to be clear as you say it's about Jesus um, and that is the kind of centre of, of our hope and all of that so Amen. I think you're right that I mean we live amongst each other here but the schooling creates huge uh, differences yeah. so there's always a Catholic school and then across the road there'll be the, the Protestant school yeah, I guess non-denominational uh, non-denominational <laughs> And I honestly don't think that helps in the society we live in because it's very bigoted, it's very sectarian. It runs deep and I don't think the segregation of the schools helps. And what is awesome though is to therefore see the gospel break down those barriers. So I remember a couple of years ago you and Stephen together our weekend away. Two guys that would have hated each other, who's kind of tried to be like would have hated each other growing up and still do when it's all firm day. Um, but one in Jesus. Amen. And, Amen. and that's, a, that's a picture to our communities, isn't it? Yeah. That people that you would never think would be, have that much in common. Actually, when we know Christ, all those barriers are broken down and we're one in Jesus, which is awesome, isn't it? Like, and I've spoke to lads about this. I've spoke to you about this. I've spoke to Chris. I've spoke to other lads that... These lads who are in my life now, who would be from that background, would never, ever been of in my life before. Yeah. They just wouldn't, they be, they're just different, they don't, they're just out of kind of sphere. But now you I'm mean Chris was like Queen tattooed his arm and stuff, is that 
but now I can stand side by side with him on a Sunday and worship the Saviour. We can pray together, we can share our burdens together, and we have a bit of banner, but that's all it is. It never, never goes any further than that, but we are united in Christ, and they've got my back and I've got theirs back, and it's all because, again, it's all because of Jesus. Right, last thing I want to ask, is there things that I, from kind of Protestant background, need to be careful in how I communicate when I'm talking maybe to Catholic people about what it is to know Jesus because I've, again, I know I've got friends or Catholics, members of our church that were Catholics. And sometimes Protestants can come across as quite offensive and kind of maybe in some ways tarred everyone with the same brush. And the rhetoric can kind of be almost like there's no Catholics that are saved, which I don't actually believe, and I'm sure you don't necessarily believe either. Although I do believe that if you're believing the kind of teaching position of the Catholic Church, that that is the opposite of the gospel. So the things maybe as a Protestant, for those of us who have never had the upbringing you've had, need to be careful about when we're communicating things that maybe put you off in the past. Yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, from my experience, I sometimes see prejudice. I sometimes see uh, condemnation. And sometimes what I see is like... Evangelicals can get a bit puffed up and high and mighty because they know the right doctrine and look their nose down on people. Mm. And... I mean, we've all done it, I've done it myself. But I think when we're approaching people and they're different, we need to like go in with a kind of put their arm around them kind of effect that we're all on the level, a level playing field. We're all only wretches saved by the grace of God. And uh, if they can see that, uh, that, listen, this guy's a wretch, same as me, he's just trying to teach me something and get me to heaven. Do you know what I mean? He's not out for a bad turn or trying to do me uh, any harm. If they see that, that you're genuine, you're respectful, you're loving, you're compassionate. I mean, see when you look at the ministry of Jesus, he went out his way to reach people from different religions and worldviews, and he done it with huge amounts of love and compassion. Mm. There was no condemnation, there was no prejudice. And, I mean, he went out his way to, re to reach uh, a Samaritan woman at a well. So, I mean, I was almost unheard of. And that should be our approach, just get out there, get an arm around people and say, listen, let me tell you about Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's where the, the only us and them are people who don't know the hope of Christ and those of us who do. And our aim, therefore, is not to stand from afar and, like, you know, put a finger, but yeah. to take the hope we have to them. So, Paul, I'm really thankful for you. Thankful for sharing your story, for just, again, the clarity of the gospel there and encouraging us and to you know, preach Jesus to those from your kind of background too. Thank you guys listening. Again, we always want to encourage you if there's anything here you've got questions about, and please fire us an email, get in touch, and we would love it if more of you would pray for us as we try and bring the gospel to people from a Catholic and Protestant background. And we would love it if some of you guys hear this and would hear the Lord call you to come and do that too. There's massive need, right, in both of these communities and all of our communities, and Christ is the answer, so we would love you to come and share it. Thankful. Thanks, guys. Chris.